Hello and welcome to Who Are You? It's a Babylon 5 watchcast by a couple of former strangers who are now friends and are continuing to get to know each other over one of their favorite shows from their childhood, Babylon 5. I'm Laura. And I'm Jafer. And today we're going to play some plot poker. Hello. How I deal myself in? If you have not heard this segment before, listener, we've got a bunch of packs of the Babylon 5 card game. We're going to open them up. We organize them into separate piles representing characters who the plot centers around, the problem for that character, the solution, and then a twist. Laura and I will each take one of these, use it to craft the A plot and B plot of a hypothetical episode of Babylon 5, and then we will rate that episode on our normal rating scale of Babylon's 1 to 5. Sometimes we have some real good ones, and sometimes we have some stinkers. We've, we've had some stinkers, but we've had some good ones. All right, let's get into some packs here. Yeah, I'm opening my first one now. I don't feel like I've had very good packs the last few episodes, so fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. I got uh, Premonition with Londo on the throne. Ooh. I have the Agamemnon. Oh, that's, that's a, a rare card, probably. Impressive ship. I got the Vorlon Planet Killer. I feel like that's a problem, right? I definitely I it could also it, be a solution. I definitely put it under problems. Ooh, the Babylon 5 War Council. I feel like that's a solution. Yeah. Oh, I got the Pakmara Ambassador. <laughs> he could also be a problem. And not just a character. Oh, I got that uh, Gaim Ambassador. I also got the War Council. I can't remember if we've had uh, Unexpected Return, where we have nice crispy Morden. <laughs> I have not seen that card. Ooh, a Peace Accord. That's a solution. <laughs> I have a card that's called Low Level Conflict. That's a problem, <laughs> it's a but it's not a big problem. Yeah, yeah, like it's technically a problem. Yeah, yeah. And Beyond the Rim. <laughs> I have a card that says you didn't mean that. <laughs> I like that the bluff card is just Marcus. <laughs> it doesn't need to be anything else. Yeah. Okay, last pack. Let's see what I get. Again, I just don't get very good stuff in this box. I got a dud. It'll happen. I mean, the game itself is very like diplomatic intriguey and that's not like the most exciting stuff to make cards out of yeah <laughs> i have a card that's just called futility like <laughs> what is that even all right well i'm all ready to go so i'll start reading off this a plot we open on lieutenant david corwin hey oh we haven't gotten him yet okay that's a fun little episode for him. Maybe a, a lower decks style of the TNG, not necessarily the animated series, more comedy, but like some that focuses on the other people. You know, maybe during a big event. Let's see what our problem is. The death of Kosh. Oh. Okay. So Corwin is, you know, obviously one of the ambassadors has died. It's a big deal. And most of the senior staff is kind of out 
handling shit, right? Like, sure. There's yeah. everyone's meeting in Sheridan's office. Big moves are happening, but you know the cargo bays still need to be unloaded. You know, there's, yeah. the station still has to run as a place, right? And so Corwin is kind of left in charge as all of our senior staff fucks off to <laughs> go figure out what the hell is going to happen next. And so there's all kinds of stuff. He's not really directly dealing with the death of Kosh, but that's definitely the prevalent thing that pulls everyone away. And mm. then he finds the answer to his problems, walks into C&C. It is Commander Ivanova <laughs> returning to take care of shit and just instantly gets everyone who needed to be talking, talking, handles shit in the way that only she can. Mm-hmm. And releases Corwin of his burdens of trying to run CNC. And then when we close the episode, two credits, we're on Corwin, we're in his quarters. And he has a Vorlon dream. <gasps> oh, spooky. Now, yeah, just like, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of a, he doesn't really know what to make of it. We might see it and go, a this is a be prepared kind of message, but Corwin just does no idea what it means. He's yeah. not involved enough in the main plot to understand what's going on. Right. He's our sweet, sweet, good boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we have kind of a little like lower dexy feeling going on following Lieutenant Corwin in the yeah. A plot, right? Okay. So in the B plot, we have Adira Tyree. Mm. We've seen her card a few times, I think, but we haven't had her in the game. Mm-hmm. And so it looks like this is sort of a alternate version of what happens with Adira in the series. Because in okay. the problems, we've got a Nightwatch agent. So this Nightwatch agent has been tasked with following Adira and figuring out her role and everything. And this Nightwatch agent is trying to stir up trouble because, you know, Nightwatch is all about human interest instead of alien alien interest. Yeah. Yeah. And so he can stir up some good trouble with the Centauri, can't he? Yeah. He has figured out that Adira is related to Londo as a paramour. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he exterminates. I have extermination as the card. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dear Tyree. <laughs> and this leads to a huge public outcry. Yeah. At the end of the episode, as the relations with the Centauri are in huge danger because Nightwatch has been meddling. In the Centauri Affairs. Now, trying to make this all work in series canon in my brain meets, uh-huh. knowing that Adira is killed by the shadows, and uh-huh. we see people who are effectively killed by the shadows, sometimes they aren't all the way dead, you know? So uh-huh, it makes me true. wonder if Adira is secretly a shadow agent who's come uh-huh. to make sure Londo does what needs to be done or something for Morden's plan. And uh-huh. that this Nightwatch person, thinking that they're doing Nightwatchy stuff, actually kind of inadvertently saves Londo. 
Can you imagine if a Deer Tyree showed up the way that Anna Sheridan showed up oh. as a shadow agent? Right. How would Londo take that? He would just completely fall for it, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. He would uh, hook, line, and sinker. All right. Well, that's an episode. I How would do you watch rate the that shit one? out of this episode. Yeah. I think this episode sounds great. I'm here for this app. I'm always into a, a good lower decks kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, uh, I, I definitely give this one a four out of five. The way it's playing out in my head right now, I love this episode. Yeah, yeah but, I really, I like the spin you put on it of Adira is some kind of shadow agent because that does make things extra complicated for Londo. Because mm-hmm. he was trying to kick himself a Mr. Morden, right? Yeah. And uh, if you bring something even more tempting back, mm-hmm. he's not going to say no. He's no, Londo. he's not, no. All right. Not bad. No, I think, yeah, it sounds like a good up. You know, much like the ep we've got today, season four, episode seven, Epiphanies. We open on fireworks. It's a celebration. The Sokolo is a jazz club. Hell yeah. This MIDI jazz, everyone is rocking out to this MIDI jazz. Right. <laughs> it's not convincing for me, but okay. You know, you didn't get down on Alexander Zonchek? <laughs> <laughs> Did you uh, look through this scene really closely? No, I would not say that I, I spent a lot of time on this scene. I only did because I wound up watching it twice. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, if you go through the scene slowly, there's some fun stuff in the background. There's like a Narn yeah. lady who is boogieing. Is there a gorilla bartender? Oh, I didn't see any gorilla bartender, but I did Ugh. see two monks. One monk is like dancing with a lady and another one is like just jamming out by himself. <laughs> so I was like, well, Brother Theo's monks are still here. <laughs> Good for them. Yeah, and then we go up to Sheridan, who's just watching from the balcony all paternally, yeah. mm-hmm. like yep, a good Glenn father. Up. Yeah, we cut over to Earth after this, to Psycor headquarters in Geneva, as we know it. It's located from our books, and Bester gets the order from. I'm guessing this is the head of Psycor. Yeah, I was wondering because you know, since we read our books, right? We know that the head of Psycor is a mundane, right? Yeah. And they're doing a lot of just, like, mouth talking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if they were two telepaths, do you think we would have, like, them kind of looking at each other and then voiceover instead of talky-talking? I think with Bester, for sure. Yeah. Who would have been the leader of Psychor at this point? I feel like it's the, it's the dude who took over for... Uh... Bester's dad, right? Yeah, or grand grandfather, I think. But yeah, that's um, what it is. Yeah, it's got to be that guy, right? And they didn't get along. No, wait, he killed. He killed a guy. He killed that guy. Okay, so at the end of the last book, what year is it in story? We're in twenty sixty one. Okay, February to be specific. So this is leave. Crawford, there's no pictures. There'd be pictures. Kevin Vassett was the guy before. Uh-huh. He ran Psychor until 2161. So it's whoever took over for him. We don't know. Well, I thought we killed that guy. 
at the end of the last book, whoever took over for Vassett. Yes. Yeah, Lee Crawford. Yeah, he dead. And he he's dead at the start of Bester's first trip to Babylon 5. So this is somebody else. Yeah. So, I but I feel like this guy has big mundane energy, right? He for doesn't sure. feel like a telepath. Yeah. He's got the badge, the Psychware badge on his uniform, but I don't think he's a telepath of any kind. <laughs> but he's uh, telling Bester that President Clark has decided he wants Babylon 5 shut down for good, and he's got Psychor, Earth Force, Nightwatch, Ministry of Peace, all on this new program thing. Yeah. So Yuri Geller here tells us the plan is to remove Babylon 5's support system, then take it down rather than martyr anyone. They seem real concerned about martyring people over there. After this, we cut over to Centauri Prime, where Londo is getting the fuck out. Yeah, smart move. Yep. I had kind of forgotten what happens with Londo after last episode, so I was like, huh, he's not going to be emperor yet. He's prime minister, so what happens? And then it starts to unfold. Yep. They need basically a placeholder right now, right? Mm-hmm. Londo tells Minister Verini that they've decided to appoint a regent. And Promotion! <laughs> Verini's like, who would want that job? That sounds terrible. I hear the wage is great. Oh, it's uh-huh. me! <laughs> and he talks about, you know, it's just a ceremonial role, kind of a placeholder. Oh, this is the perfect job for Verini, right? He wants new <laughs> curtains. He can handle that. Right, yeah. Topic number one, redecorating. Yeah. Ceremonial role, he was born to play this part. <laughs> Over on B5, Jakar visits Franklin, who makes sure his eye isn't infected. He gets some painkillers, and there's talk about setting him up with a prosthetic eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, a functional prosthetic eye. Yeah. Yeah, the Nard apparently don't have their own, like, prosthetics. What with the, you know, mass drivers and all. Uh, but Franklin thinks he can rig up something from human prosthetics. Yeah. Uh, Jakar's doing bits on Franklin here. <laughs> that, yeah. uh Franklin's super uncomfortable with. <laughs> yeah, he's all like, it. we'll see if we can make it work. And he's just like, oh, you know, will it be as good? It's all like, well... Like, don't stand too close to power sources and stuff. And and he's and... like, you know, I don't know what they got my eye with. I only saw it from this angle. <laughs> right? It's so tragic. Hmm. I laugh so I don't cry. Like, it's just... Yeah. And that's his vibe, yeah, too, the whole time. Franklin is just not... He hasn't figured out that humor yet, I guess. Or he didn't expect Jakar to not be so serious about his current situation. Yeah. Uh, Franklin asked Jakar why he didn't take the job as leader of the Narn. And he's just all like, man, nah, power, nah. The cost of power is always much more than it's worth. He's not wrong. Yep. As we will see. Over in Garibaldi's bathroom, he's shaving. Did you clock he has a, a Daffy Duck soap dispenser? Aaron pointed that out. He was like, I bet they were selling that at the time. <laughs> like you go into the Warner Brothers store or whatever in the mall. 
And there's yep. a bunch of Daffy Duck soap dispensers. You can't watch a Warner Brothers movie without a Warner Brothers ball cap. For sure. He gets a message like we've seen before. Whenever we've seen a sleeper agent awaken, they get one of these magic eyes. Mm-hmm. That just fucks your brain. If you stare at these things long enough, you're supposed to see some kind of hidden three-dimensional picture. Oh, yeah, look, it's a sailboat. Yeah, this is real ominous. We don't see, like, a instant turn or anything. He goes and erases his sad face in the mirror and then immediately resigns. Yeah, no, he, he erases the sad face, he deletes his browser history. Yeah. And then goes and resigns. Like, But it's not as dramatic as, like... Uh, when Talia Killing turns. Some, That's what yeah. I'm getting at. Like, For sure. Hers was a very explosive episode, and this is just like a, whoop, change in direction, do these things now. Yeah, I think this is more of a nudge than it is a full-on yeah. hidden personality thing. Yeah. It definitely feels that way. Mm-hmm. We come back from commercial, and we get a Disney Planet reference. That's fun. <laughs> Yeah. Where's uh, Disney Planet? I want to know. JMS commented on this where it's all like, yeah. So, you know, once corporations start taking planets, then Disney would go make Disney Planet and then they'd have two. Yeah. The implication being that they also rule Earth. Hmm. See you at Disneyland. Bring money. I mean, it's just, it's logical at this point, right? Once yeah. we get that far, mm-hmm. Disney's going out there. The senior staff is like, no, don't go. You're so good at your job. (laughs) I did not buy any of this for a minute from them. I don't know if it was just the acting or if they're just like, you've been such an asshole lately that this is probably good news. Mm. But it just felt like they just could not care. Yeah, and it seems it's so weird because we didn't know anything about what he was up to while everybody else was out saving the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Yep. He talks about how he's going to go and help people and start Garibaldi's homeschool security school. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, no. Oh, wait. Detective agency. Yeah. Garibaldi's homeschool security detective agency. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> oh, man. That sounds like a winning proposition. What? follows after this is one of the best scenes in this series zach allen trying to instruct the new recruits yeah zach allen's got a class of newbies for security he takes them to space tsa and he's just like you can't be here too long because it gets terrible trust me and then londo <laughs> walks in excellent banter a plus londo admits to killing the emperor yeah <laughs> and not only it's just like well you know, I had to kill the Emperor to leave Centauri Prime. You say over your dead body, I'm back. You're just going to have to wait your turn. I'm a little tired right now. <laughs> like, Zack's <laughs> next. But, you know, Zack is like, he's like a little puppy, kind of. So I think that Londo is safe doing this, right? Because mm-hmm. it's just going to kind of go over his head. Yeah. <laughs> I like that there's a couple Narns in the newbies. Yes, I caught that. Still using the Narns in our security force. Yep. Just as soon as Zach regains composure from sparring with Lando, Fester comes in. Yeah. 
I assume my regular quarters in the brig are ready for me. Mm, no notes, Bester. A plus. Yeah. And then Zach gets pinged. He needs to go to the captain because of a problem with Mr. Garibaldi. What follows is beautiful. Zach's like, I'm out before the second coming walks in that gate. Right? Being uh-huh. the second coming of Jesus. Laura, you're a person who's spent time in churches. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can you tell me what heralded the first coming? The first coming of Jesus? Yeah. There Isn't were a couple like... things, right? Yeah. Are we talking about Christmas? Or are we talking about... We're talking about Christmas. Okay. <gasps> the three wise men. The three kings. <laughs> and who walks in right after he says that line, but three Elvis impersonators. The three kings. Three kings. Heralding yeah. the second coming. It's so good. Yeah. Oh. That is very nice. I laughed so fucking hard. I was just like, oh. That's very poetic. It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. After this, we're in Garibaldi's quarters, and he's very poorly folding his uniform into a box when Jakar comes to visit. Garibaldi feels partially complicit to Jakar's suffering. Uh, He was only captured because he had left to go look for him. And Jakar's like, look, you're safe. I'm alive. Mm -hmm. And somehow through all this, my people are free. This is literally the best possible outcome. You know, it's an outcome so good I couldn't have anticipated it. You have nothing to feel bad about. I owe you gratitude. Because if I hadn't... If our friendship had not developed to the point where I was willing to risk myself to look for you, I wouldn't have been able to find a way to save my people. Yeah, I wouldn't have been in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. At a big cost, but it was a cost he was willing to pay. For sure. I don't think Jakar considers what he's gone through a cost at all. I think yeah. in his mind, this is the bargain bin version of what you would pay. Yeah. Cause it, I think he is, you know, willing to like John three sixteen this whole thing, like lay down his whole life mm-hmm. for the freedom of Narn. And he didn't have to, he yeah. laid down an eye, you know, mm-hmm. small price to pay. If we ever do merch, we need a Jakar three sixteen shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Reef of madness. Yep. And, Jakar 316. <laughs> yep. And then Ben can sell his little homeschool security graduate yeah. certificates. Yes. <laughs> Mine's up in the <laughs> office. You can't see it. It's above my plant right next to me, but. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sheridan puts Zach in charge of security while they figure out what the hell's going on with Garibaldi. The general consensus is that this is just him having a moment and will pass. They bring in Lita to protect them from Bester. His ISN starts talking some shit. Yeah. We've banned all travel to Babylon 5 for any Earthship. Good thing that the Elvis impersonators made it here before the ban, right? Right. That could have been bad news. Yeah. The president has instituted a totally legal, very safe ban on travel 
to rogue state Babylon 5, who we all know have a terrorist plot. It's very obvious. You'll all see it later. <laughs> I have no problem having a terrible Trump impression. It's really just the cadence. Yeah. <laughs> Zach goes to get Lita for their bester meeting. And she's all like, you know, it's his job to hunt me, right? Like, yeah. you're aware. <laughs> he has yeah. feelings. And I... Pretty sure Lita knows at this point that Bester is not a match for her anymore. Like, yeah. But they don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. If if you've been hanging out with the Vorlons, I think it's a safe assumption that, like, maybe we are safe with this person from Mr. Bester. Yeah. I love that we uh, didn't just forget about her empty apartment. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a bunch of stuff in bags. They're all labeled Zocalo and stuff. It's a nice touch. Yeah. She's been uh, on a spree in the Zocalo. She's trying to fill up her empty space with stuff. Mm-hmm. More importantly, she's like, where the fuck is my invite to the after episode bar chill? <laughs> yeah. I know you guys do it. We've seen it on camera a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why no can't I come hang? Dinner, right? And Zach, like, says it's, you know, because of her association with the Vorlons. Like, oh, it's yeah. a little touchy now. But is it just that, like, we've seen, you know, mundane humans around telepaths in this show. Yeah. Like, they're not super comfortable with most telepaths, right? No. And Zach's like, you know, like, I'll help you unpack and I'll bring some pizza. And she's just like, not you, the actual main characters. Very right. much the vibe as she gets escorted to the meeting room. Right. Londo and Jakar see each other at the Zocalo. And Jakar's mm-hmm. just like, smoke bombs, peace, bitch. Hope better never see me again. <laughs> Pocket sand. I wasn't expecting so much aggression from Jakar. I mean, having seen the series a number of times at this point, I forgot that he was so aggressive to Malari in this scene. I mean, I understand why. They're square now, right? Sort of like, I mean, ish, I don't know that they could ever really be square. Right. Right. But it's not as bad as it was. Right. So, I mean, I I get why he's aggressive. I didn't remember it either. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but Babylon 5 is not a big place, so hope they don't run into each other again. Yeah. Over at the conference room, Bester is offended at having to even share a table with Lita. Yeah, gross. And he's just like... He's very classist. Yeah, she's a P5. Like, it's not like she could stop me anyways. And I'm just sitting here like, please try, please try, Bester. Please fuck around. Please fuck Mm -hmm. around. Please fuck around. Please fuck around. Mm -hmm. Knowing what Lita can do to him at this point. Right. Uh, He's got the the goods. So he knows Mm -hmm. from presumably the mundane head of Psychor that they're in phase one. We're getting the disinformation campaign painting Babylon 5 as terrorists. Yeah. And then there's phase two, but... We're not going to talk about that yet, because you need to give me a ride to Zaha Doom so I can try and save my girlfriend. Yeah, apparently girlfriend has still been on ice this whole time. 
yep. in the Babylon 5 med lab? Mm-hmm. Morgue? Question mark? Not Cryogenics, sure. yeah. There's a, there's cryogenics. a cryogenics. Okay. Yeah. Bester, we get a little, like, camera thing, which is supposed to be, like, Bester's psychic presence, like, going and checking on mines and just, like, getting shut out instantly by everyone. Yeah, all he can hear is every, what everyone is speaking. He cannot hear the thoughts. Yeah. So he starts to fuck around a little, and he starts to find out a little, but backs off immediately. But Sheridan does agree to give him a lift. Bester actually has some details. It's Black Omega Squad is going to destroy the blockade and blame it on Babylon 5. So they have to go wreck these Psychor ships. Yeah, I don't in... believe this for a fucking second. Okay. Like, obviously it's what happens. We've seen the rest of the episode. And Bester has an entire testimonial to get you to buy in that he was willing to sacrifice Black Omega for his girlfriend. Uh-huh, right. I think that's completely out of character. It doesn't read like Bester to me at all, especially mm-hmm. with the books and his telepath supremacy views, supremacist views and stuff. Yeah. These are arguably probably the most powerful telepaths. They're definitely the best psychops because Bester only works with the best of the best. Like, I don't think he is willing to sacrifice six telepath loyalist lives for one blip, regardless of personal association. Especially six that he trusts explicitly. Black yeah. Omega, we learned in the books especially, was his baby. And he put them through a lot in mm-hmm. order to be able to trust them. Uh, and he knows that, you know, Psychor was like, or, and especially Earth Force was like fucking around with the shadows. He's not into that. Is he really going to sacrifice six... Of his most loyal servants, I guess. Why doesn't he just uh, take Black Omeka and go to fucking Zaha Doom himself? He has no need for the White Star. Oh, yeah. That's an interesting idea, isn't it? I mean, like, there wouldn't be an episode like... plot. That's why. But Yeah. <laughs> is he just trying to like hide behind the Vorlon technology in the White Star? Like hoping Probably. that that would help in some way? Maybe, yeah. Just you guys have done it before a couple of times and ships typically don't come back. So you clearly can do this. I don't know that I can. Like, there are reasons, but it just feels like his ego, I don't think, would prevent him from like, oh, Sheridan figured it out. I'm going to be fine. You know? Yeah. (laughs) He's just a mundane, right? He's not even a particularly bright one. Like, you know? Mm -hmm. Dazzling teeth, though. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so maybe he's replaced his loyal servants in these Star Furies, perhaps? Maybe. I mean, that'd be a play, for sure. That'd be in line with him, is have some other Psycops in there for a minute to get blown up. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's just not something the episode can get into. Yeah. Uh, After this, Zach goes to Garibaldi's quarters to get the codes. The station, like, shut down emergency codes. And Zach lets him know he feels a bit betrayed by this resignation. Have you, or have you seen a coworker leave a job and then have people feel this way? Have I felt this way about a coworker leaving a job? I mean, I don't get it. If the shoe fits, huh? I honestly, I don't understand it. Like, 
Yeah. If someone walks out that door on their own terms, I am genuinely congratulating them for their career advancement every single time. I have been mm-hmm. leading a team and had been like, we had just lost someone, someone was out and someone else was out on paternity and someone else finds another gig. And it's just like, I am actually like truly short staffed due to mm-hmm. circumstances that are a bit out of my control. You know, like yeah. enough shit has happened in rapid succession and I still genuinely was happy for them, you know, like, I don't know. Maybe yeah. I just, I don't understand this mindset like of, I mean, you are making things harder for everyone who stays, but good for you. You're doing the thing, you know, like go do the mm. thing, whatever that thing is. No, I don't, I don't think that it comes from a place of like, oh, you're making my life harder. I think it's just like. Man, sometimes you feel close to people and you're genuinely like sad or jealous to see them leave you. I don't know. As long as you don't get crazy yeah. with it. I think it's a normal human emotion. Fair. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's definitely complexity and stuff to it. But uh, anyways, the chief is telling Zach he's taking a chance on himself like he took a chance on Zach. And Zach's like, oh, mm-hmm. oh fuck, fair enough. Yeah. I think I think that there's a healthy response to that. What is not healthy is how the emergency codes to lock down the station are lost somewhere in Garibaldi's quarters. <laughs> We've got some real bad password security again here. Yes, it's it's terrible. And they're just like in a bag in his sock drawer, I guess. Like somehow <laughs> don't don't understand it. Yeah, it's just like, of all the things, why this? Mm-hmm. But it's very Garibaldi. It is very Garibaldi. Very homeschool security. Mm-hmm. Over on A White Star, Sheridan and Delenn talk about hoping for a few days between crises. And Delenn's just like, bullshit. I have a dream where you're on a beach with nothing to do and your head explodes because of it. <laughs> yeah that's starting to be his mo isn't it he's a little mm-hmm. bit of a workaholic for sure ivanova brings in the cavalry and saves the blockade squadron letting them know who sent them bester confronts lita about her psi level jump he tells her that she has a moral obligation to share her path to growth with all human telepaths and she's like fuck off yeah i mean could she even comprehend what the Vorlons did to her? No. No, I don't think. She'd have they... to be dissected, basically. And even then, who knows if that would actually turn up anything that would be remotely useful. Yeah. Like, is humanity even at a point to recreate this enhancement? Probably not. Doubtful. Yeah. And now the Vorlons are gone, so we'll, you know. Yeah. Not going to get any shortcuts to it. Mm-hmm. When they arrive, they see a bunch of ships evacuating Zahadum. Sheridan pulls the ship away on instinct as the planet self-destructs. Yeah. I guess they left some of those nukes in their own core. Right. You got enough of them. Bester gets a few minutes outside the cryopod to reaffirm his actions. We're totally in character, you guys. <laughs> totally in character. 
just going to monologue this here to my frozen girlfriend. Right. <laughs> just to let everyone know that my actions, 100% in character, nothing to worry about there. Yeah, and it just seems a little out of character for a telepath to sit there mouth talking. <laughs> <laughs> So this does seem like it is for show when you look at it that way. I know it's also for the audience. Yeah. But he doesn't need to do this. No. <laughs> Sheridan drops on to check on Lita, but also to just blame her for the planet blowing up. <laughs> oh, hey, just want to see how things were going. And also to just say, hey, did you blow up that fucking planet? Yeah. I mean, there was like one little look on her face. Mm-hmm. In that scene that I was like, oh, yeah, she did it. <laughs> she totally did it. And he's like, fuck you. You don't get to make those decisions. And then leaves. Yeah. What? Do you really think Sheridan would have made a different decision, though? No. Yeah. I don't think he he's would He's just have. mad that he didn't get to say it first. Yeah. Well, Lita probably doesn't have a full picture of any all the operations that are going on and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I can understand from a a need-to-know information basis that there might have been something else that was more important there. Ranging from a plot to strand Bester on Zaha Doom to they actually needed something there. I don't know why Fre- uh, Sheridan's just like, when they bring it up in the first place, he's like, oh, you want to go to Zaha Doom? It's a big crater. <laughs> <laughs> I was there. I mean, I fried it. Seven episodes ago. And let me tell you, not a lot left. <laughs> yeah, it's surprising there's anybody left to evacuate, but mm-hmm. I mean, man, that could have been that could have been really useful to know what races or people were there evacuating. Yeah, might have been helpful. Yeah, just saying. Yeah, Zach shows up with pizza, and then we're back to Sheridan, who finally takes a minute to go. Oh, should we have followed those ships? Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wish i could have done something about that yeah i yeah. mean it's not like i can make my own jump points in my <laughs> starship right <laughs> and then we get now regent verini is woken up by his keeper yeah. to uh end credits these things are creepy they're so cre- i mean they're supposed to be but right I mean, that's their name, too. Like, it's Keeper with a capital K. Like, that's the name of their race. Yeah. (laughs) Are they their own race, or are they, like, a technology of a different race? Do we know? Spoilies. We don't have to spoilies. Yeah, there's some spoilies there for later, so we'll save it. But But it's definitely an alien. Yes. It's got a single, like, orange eye. Mm Mm-hmm. Pops open all creepy-like. I kind of feel bad for Regent Verini. All he wanted was new curtains. Well, he got them. Yeah. Hmm. And that's the episode. On a scale of one to five, how did you feel about this one? Well, you know, after the, like, drama of the last episode, it is sort of, I don't want to say a letdown, because that has kind of like a negative connotation to it, Mm -hmm. but... You know, it's just not as action-packed. I always love when Bester shows back up. Mm -hmm. But for me, this is kind of, you know, back to average. Like, we got 
really ramped up in the last episode. We had our fives, no notes, no changes. But for me, we're back kind of in average town. What about you? Uh, same. I put this as three of five. Uh, Bester just felt so out of character to me. Yeah, it is weird. Bester feels out of character, and then for me, the, the Garibaldi stuff isn't defined enough yet mm-hmm. for me to really feel it. What's happening with him? Yeah, I do like that Lita gets to show up Bester. I did appreciate that a great deal. That's a fun touch. Yeah. Very happy. And that no scene with Zach there. was priceless. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> besides that, that's really the only stuff that I'll ever think about this episode. As we yeah. referenced multiple times where it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this little thing that was weird. There's a lot of that this episode, and it, it shows mm-hmm. that it's not that important, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Yeah. I, we're setting a bunch of stuff up again. We're just reminding everybody mm-hmm. that, like, hey, just because the shadows are gone doesn't mean everything's over and done with. And something else mysterious is going right. to be coming. Yeah, yeah, it's still so still more dominoes to be set up to lead us to the end of the show at this point. Yeah, which uh, we'll continue on to with season four, episode eight, "The Illusion of Truth." A Uh-oh. propagandist news reporter visits Babylon Five. Sheridan receives bad news about his father. Franklin tries to save the cryogenically frozen telepaths. Oh, no. I think we'd wondered what happened to Daddy Sheridan. Papa Sheridan, let's call him that. Yeah, there's been no news. (laughs) Normally, no news is a good thing, but not when your dad's really old and his health wasn't great. And he was being sought by a fascist government. Doesn't seem great. Yeah. Well... I look forward to finding out what happened. And I look forward to spending some time with Jeremy Siegel's May album, which is out now. And as this episode airs, June will probably be out, but it isn't as we're recording. So no promises there. Uh, You can find more of Jeremy's work at jeremysiegel42.bandcamp.com on Spotify and other streaming services, Nuclear Jaguar. Jeremy, thank you so much for our theme music. We really appreciate it. And thank you to Angry Deck Time Machine on Instagram for our podcast artwork. Aaron, thanks for spending the time to edit our podcast and make sure that it's listenable instead of rambling trash. Really appreciate you. (laughs) There may or may not have been rambling trash in this episode that had to get a a bit edited, sliced out. It's fine. It happens. (laughs) And then uh, thank you, listener, for spending some time with Laura and I as we talk about one of our favorite shows. We really appreciate it. You can join our community on Discord. Who are you? B5 at gmail.com. We've got a Twitter that I never check and a Facebook that at least pushes stuff to my phone so I see it pretty quickly. But yeah, interact with us there. The Discord is the place to be. So join that. Yeah, we'll be happy to have you. And we'll see you next week, Internet. Bye. Bye.